0: Burning. How are y'all doing? Great. All right. Hey, I like that. Amen. Let's get rowdy up in here. Hey, you know, I was thinking about this this week and I was thinking, you know, there are some really, there's some things in life that really just bore me to death. And, um, and I don't know if you have a list of, of things that are boring, like you have a boring list, but I have a boring list. Would you like to hear it? Of course you would. Here's my boring list. Pastor Brandon's The the things that bore me the most in life, all right? Don't hate on me. These are just my opinions. Number one, country music. (laughs) Enough said. I'll just move on to number two. Number two is the introduction. Have you ever seen the, the introduction to the show Law and Order? I've never even seen an episode because I can't get past the introduction. It's so boring. Do we have that? Show this real quick. All right, all right that's good you know I mean how boring is that I mean as soon as I hear those words Candace can attest to this wherever she's at she's out there uh, every time that that comes on like click I say it bores me okay I about fall asleep by the time it's over the third thing on my list is shopping shopping bores me especially when you're broke <laughs> have you ever gone shopping just to sightsee it's not fun When the person asks you, can I help you? No, I'm just looking. Thank you. I have no money, but I'm just looking. Very boring. The fourth thing on my boring list, treadmills. I love to work out, but I don't feel like I'm going anywhere when I'm on a treadmill, but I still run on them. And number five on my most boring list is having a full head of hair. That's why I shaved my head. Not really, it was falling out. Um, One thing that used to be on my boring list was a game of cricket. Uh, When I had visited England, I met a friend there named Joe. And Joe and and I became good friends. And one night, he's like, you got to check out this cricket game. Because we had this debate, what's better, cricket or baseball? I'm like, cricket is a reject of baseball, all right? (laughs) Baseball is like like more of the sport, the way it's supposed to be done. I don't know why you guys swing from down here. It's not supposed to be meant like that. That's golf, you know, that's golf. And, and he was thinking the same thing. He's like, no, baseball is the reject sport. Cricket is the way to go. And he was a big fanatic. He played the game cricket and he was really good at it. So one night, it was like the last night before I left uh, to come back to the States. He's like, come on, you want to check out a game? I'm like, oh, come on, seriously? Like, I got to get some sleep. I got to catch a plane tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll come down and watch it with you. So we, we were watching this game cricket. And, and he starts to explain the rules to me and starts to explain more about the game. And all of a sudden, I started to take some interest in it. And by the time we were watching it for about 20 minutes, I was hooked. I loved the sport. I thought it was awesome. So I'm a big cricket fan. I just can't see it anywhere on our stations here in the United States. And I started to explain baseball to him. And he started to understand a little bit more about the game. And all of a sudden, he started to like the, the game itself as well. It was a misunderstanding. Now, I think a lot of times, we don't understand prayer. And I think because we don't understand prayer... A lot of times it becomes a part of our boring list. I know nobody would say this out loud, especially Christians, but you may say, wow, I have a boring prayer life. I have such a boring prayer. I-, I don't even like to go into prayer. I know we're supposed to do it, so I'm going to do it anyway. But you know what? I just, I, I, it's not exciting. It's not an exciting time for me. Now, how many of that would describe you today? You don't have to raise your hand. The thing is this, if we're going to get honest this morning, most of us need some breakthroughs in our life, don't we? Most of us need a breakthrough spiritually, or in our businesses, in our schools, in our jobs, our careers, our marriages, our finances, and even our church. We need a breakthrough. So if we're going to have any type of breakthrough in any of those areas, God must first break into our hearts first. And the good news today is that uh, we no longer have to have a boring prayer life. I'm here to tell you that today. We can start fresh today. It can be vibrant, and it can be exciting. But we have to start, as we start this series on prayer, praying for a breakthrough, we have to start with this understanding. You've got to get this down to start with. Prayer is simply a relationship with God. Prayer is simply... A relationship with God a relationship is built through conversation a dialogue between creator and created a dialogue between the Savior and the saved a dialogue between the Redeemer and the redeemed a dialogue between friends between the father and his child his son or daughter in Christ Jesus and that's what you are if you have Jesus Christ living in you you're a son or daughter Of our God, of our Father. Now, I've heard some pretty interesting comments on prayer over the years, Um, and I'll just quote some of these. You may have even said them yourself, but I'm going to help you understand a little bit more about prayer today. But the thing is, I've heard this said when when people aren't having breakthrough in in their prayer life or anything like this. I've heard them say, "Well, I say my prayers every night." You heard that before? As if God is like, yes, they say their prayers every night. I should give them this. Good for you, good Christian. Or we say this, our thoughts, now this is like during a a tragic time. You even see this this on TV and everything else. Somebody is going through, say, take the Michael Jackson um, case, for example, um, um, passing away in, in, in the way that people would talk to the same, where our thoughts and prayers are with you. Everyone says that. What does that mean by the way does anyone know can anyone answer that our thoughts and prayers are with you i think it mainly just means our thoughts are with you but we'll just say thoughts and prayers because that sounds good and sometimes people do mean that of course but our thoughts and prayers are with you or what about this when we're at the dinner table and, and it's polite to do this right um let's say grace let's say grace okay um i'll say grace Grace. grace, let's say grace. Let's say grace. These, these things are, are common things that people say, but, but I'm just, I'm like, where is the, no wonder we don't have any power in our prayer life. We, we have some wimpy prayers, people. If, we, if we're truly going to have some powerful and effective prayers, we've got to understand two things are happening. One is we're approaching prayer with a have-to attitude rather than a get-to attitude. And number two, something else may be happening to prevent you from having breakthrough in your life in prayer, and that could be um, obstacles, specific obstacles, some hindrances to your prayer life. Um, And here are some of those. One of them is having known or unconfessed sin lingering in your life. Not getting rid of that. Knowing that you need to repent of that sin and not doing so, but yet you're praying for a breakthrough in this area. God's like, we still need to deal with this first. before we move on to here. What about rejecting the clearly revealed will of God? Well, if you know God wants you to do something specifically and you're not doing it and you're running like Jonah. What about this? Praying with wrong motives. Praying, have you ever prayed with wrong motives? God, take care of that guy at work. I tell you what, he is just bothering me. Would you just help him get fired this week? All right, that's praying with wrong motives. Our God, please help me win the lottery. Please. I mean, of all, you know, of all people in this world, I can, I, I can pray. Maybe you just make it happen because i got a deep connection with you. Come on now. Praying with wrong motives will not get you anywhere, and it will hinder your prayer life. What about unforgiveness? Huge one. Huge one right there. You're holding on to not forgiving a person for what they did to you in, their, in your past or whatever. And God's right, remember me? Remember I sent my son Jesus Christ? Do you remember what happened there? Even why we're still sinners yet, Christ died for us? He reminds you of that? Unforgiveness in your life will hinder your prayer life. What about closing your eyes to the needs of the poor? And this doesn't mean every time you pass a poor person that you have to give, uh, that you have, you know, even if you don't have your wallet, you've got to give them credit cards. You know, I mean, it's just basically this. You know, interacting with the poor meeting their needs, whatever it may be. But if you close your eyes to the poor and you say, you know what, I'm not even going to pretend you're there. That's a dangerous route to go with with God. There's many times in Scripture how we see how Jesus relates to the poor and how we're expected to relate to the poor. And even in in the book of Acts. And then another thing is this. Conflict in the home will hinder your prayer life. Spouses, you know what you're talking about there. You've ever been in um, disunity with your spouse, try praying. It's pretty hard, unless you're praying about um, coming together once again. But conflict in the home will definitely um, hinder your prayer life. But if we want a breakthrough of prayer, prayer that is powerful and effective, we need to learn from the Creator of prayer. As a matter of fact, the disciples uh, struggled with prayer early on. Um, isn't that comforting to know a little bit here? Remember, in Matthew 26, during one of Jesus' most crucial times, where they are about to arrest him and take him to the cross, it says, Then he returned, in Matthew 26, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. How many of you have fallen asleep in prayer? Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The Spirit is willing, but the body is is weak. can you not be with me for one hour, he said. And what about this? In Luke 11, 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Can you imagine watching the prayer life of Jesus and his Father? It would have been incredible. Um, if, if you uh, want to go there real quick, you can. In Luke chapter 9... Verse 28. Check out one of these episodes of Jesus praying. Luke 9:28. It says, "About eight days after Jesus had said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning." Now I'm saying that's a prayer right there, people. If you saw that happening, you're like, all right, teach me how to pray. Seriously, teach me how to pray. I want what you got. And the disciples asked that question. And I think many of us are afraid to ask that today because we think that prayer is basically, bless me, keep me, protect me, bless me, keep me, protect me, bless me, keep me, protect me, and that's it. But Jesus is like, there's so much more to that. And so what Jesus does is you want to know how to pray says, pray this, and we're going to go from Matthew's account, okay, in chapter 6. So if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 13. Now, this is funny. I memorized the um, Lord's, they call it the Lord's Prayer, all right, because Jesus is teaching us how to pray. Uh, I memorized that in the King James Version. I didn't even grow up with the King James Version. I grew, grew up with the NIV Version. For some reason, I memorized the King James Version. Anybody memorize the King James Version of, of the Lord's Prayer? <laughs> all right, awesome. Can you repeat it with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Oh, here's an addition. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever, amen. That's what I'm talking about. A little King James action up in here. Never thought you'd hear it at Windover Hills, but it came. Go out and buy your King James Bibles. We're going we're gonna to preach out of that from now on. No, I'm kidding. We're playing. I'm just playing. The thing is this, uh, and that's a good version too. I'm not, not dissing it. Anyway, uh, the thing is this. Jesus uh, gives us this prayer, and it reminds me so much of of my wife's dish that she makes, my favorite dish, it's the shepherd's pie. Oh, anytime I smell that in the kitchen, I'm like, Hallelujah! <laughs> and I start breaking out and dancing. I know you're wrestling; you can't dance, but I dance. All right, I dance sometimes. I dance sometimes. I'm, not, I'm just not gonna lie. I dance when I smell my wife's cooking, shepherd's pie. You, you know what it's shepherd's pie, or is that just an Indiana thing? Do you guys know that shepherd's? Pie. I, I forget all that's in there, but. but- it's so exciting, I don't even care. In it, you've got like, just like ground up beef, and then you, you've got, um, you got uh, green beans, corn, yeah, and, and, and mashed potatoes over it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. I think of the Lord's Prayer like that. And there's like, there's so much variety and everything else in this. No wonder our prayer lives are boring. All we keep saying is, Bless me, keep me, protect me. Bless me, keep me, protect me. And Jesus is like, If you want to know how to pray, this is what you should pray. And I thought, Well, what better way to start off this prayer series than to learn what Jesus taught us to pray? And so in this, we have seven pleas, requests, petitions, whatever you want to call it, Three that are toward God, three that are toward our our spiritual, uh, our development, and then one that is a physical need. The Lord's Prayer is the most complete and comprehensive prayer that Jesus has given us. And so let's unpack the Lord's Prayer, all right? One of the things that he says in this is, Hallowed be your name. This is worship, all right? The verb hallowed means to sanctify, all right, to make holy. It's a prayer for God's name to be honored on earth. And we know how many times people dishonor the name of God by using it as a four-letter word, don't we? And, and how many times people just bring dishonor to it. I remember, um, I've probably shared this before. I can't remember what I share all the time, right? So, so um, <laughs> forgive me if I repeat a story or something. But I remember working at Ruby Tuesday when I was uh, early on in my college years and I was still a youth pastor. Uh, I was a brand-new Christian, actually. And um, as a brand-new Christian, I mean, I was, I, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, like on fire, like light me and watch me burn, baby, because I am just, you know, and that's why I want to be all the days of my life. But i just been to become a Christian, and I was working at Ruby Tuesday, and I was a waiter there, and I went back into the kitchen to, to get the order for the people out there. And when I went back in the kitchen, um, Hey, we had some cooks that had some potty mouths, all right? And one time I walked in there to grab the food and they laid it out, I mean, the GD, and I was like, before, I I mean, it sent chills down my spine. And before I even knew it, out of my mouth came, don't you dare talk about God like that. (laughs) I mean, this cook was like twice my size. And all of a sudden, he was like convicted. He's like, yeah, you're right. I'm, so, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm like, Don't say sorry to me. I'm not God. Tell him. You know, are we going to bring that um, holiness to that name once again here on earth? Hallowed be your name. Sanctified, make holy. It's worship, all right? How can you make that holy in your life? Your kingdom come. This is guidance. And prayer for God's principles, His truth to guide our lives. Your kingdom come, right? On earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God's principles, God's truth to be in practice here on earth. And we as a church have got to start that movement, don't we? Windover Hills, We'll start that movement, won't we? His truth here on earth. Guidance in our lives. Your will be done. Again, on earth, as it is in heaven, right? This is a yielding. This is a prayer to submit to the rulership of God. Too often we are control freaks, aren't we? We like to control everything. We love to control everything. That's why we have remote controls, right? We have remote controls for everything. We love to be in control. But if you will learn how to submit, you will see God show up in powerful ways in your life. Submitting to the rulership of God, and that is yielding. Give us today our daily bread. This is provision. I pray for things to meet our daily needs. Okay? The bread, the basic necessity of life. You want to ask yourself this question What do I need most today? And God's saying, that's okay. You can ask that. What do I need most today? Do you need a million dollars the most today? Probably not. Do you need, um, um, do you need the, the latest jet ski? Probably not. You know That's probably not what you absolutely need today. Uh, what if it is a bill that you are just dreading to pay, and you know what? Finances have been tight, and you don't know if you're going to make it. Lord, help me. Help me with this daily bread. This this daily bread can be symbolic for for, for so many things that are lining up with the will of God. Maybe it is to feed your family three times during the you know maybe that's a struggle. Whatever it may be, give me my daily bread. Um, this is provision. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive those who have. As we forgive our debtors. Um, as well, right? Our debts, our sins, forgiveness, a prayer to cleanse us from known and unknown sins. And here's the important things too. When we forgive those who have sinned against us, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're becoming back into fellowship with God and fellowship with others as, uh, as well. If we're like, no, I'm not going to forgive you, I'm sorry. That hurt too bad. That okay. unforgiveness is going to be a hindrance to your prayer life, as we talked about earlier. It's to restore the fellowship once again with God and with others because of the, uh, the great com- uh, commandments, right? Of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving others as yourself. God, others, God, others, loving. It must be forgiveness in your life. And lead us not into temptation. This is victory. I pray for victory over sin and failure. Now this isn't saying... That God is going to lead us into temptation. Because we know in James chapter 1 it says, When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. God does not tempt, Satan tempts. God will test you, but he will not tempt you. Is that clear? So when he says, and lead us not into temptation, this is, this, is, this is victory. This is saying this. We don't have to be crushed by our sins anymore. Remember, Jesus went to the cross for that. If we know this, uh, Romans 6, 1-4 through says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Amen. That sin you've been struggling with for years, you you can have victory over that. You don't have to settle for that. You don't have to say, well, I'm just going to struggle with that the rest of my life. The temptation will be there, but you can still have victory over that because of what Jesus did on the cross. And if you have Jesus living inside of you, don't you think that what Jesus did and what, on the cross, what he can do in your life, absolutely. Jesus was raised from the dead. And if Jesus can be raised from the dead, we can have new life as well. And that's what the Bible talks about clearly. We can have new life in him, victory over sin. And then the last plea, the last petition is this, but deliver us from the evil one. And this is protection. This is protection. A prayer for protection from spiritual dangers and destruction. Now, this is not always the, the type of prayer that we pray. We pray a lot of times for protection on the road, protection uh, for being hurt from certain things or whatever. And those are fine and all good and stuff. But have you ever, been, have you ever asked for protection against the evil one? Because that's so important as well. Every day. Because Satan prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You've got to believe that Satan exists and that he is real. Otherwise, you won't pray that prayer. But you've got to pray for protection against the evil one. Pray for our church. Pray for me, for the leader. Pray for other leaders in our church. Pray for yourselves. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray that prayer. Protect us from the evil one. We don't want to give Satan a foothold. He's not going to take us down, and he's definitely taking whenever Hills down. You know what I'm saying? We are going to storm the gates of hell in this place. A prayer for protection. So all of that worship, guidance, yielding, provision, forgiveness, victory, protection, even that go- all that goes into this beautiful casserole, all right? My wife's favorite, di- my wife's dish that I love the most. Even with all that goodness, we can't miss this point. Listen up. Prayer is less about words and more about a love relationship between you and your Father. Prayer is less about words and more about a, a love relationship between you and your God, your Father. You see, in the verses before 9 through 13, we see that Jesus talks about. If you keep on rambling, if you keep on babbling like pagans, they'll think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. He talks about the hypocrites in that passage there. And he's saying this. He's saying, listen, it doesn't have to be this great... You know, how many of you grew up with uh, 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 pastors or people in your church that could just really pray this elaborate, beautiful, incredible, daunting prayer, Right? And it may have been with pure motives, maybe not. But the thing is this, he's saying, listen, don't make this a big spectacle, all right? It's not about that. It's definitely not about duty. It's about a relationship with me. If you can truly understand that, it will change your prayer life forever. That you don't come because this is what you're supposed to do, but you come because you want to do it, because you want to spend time in the Father's presence. Remember the first words in this prayer. What does it say? Jesus says, Our Father. Our Father. Our Papa. Our, God, our Father. If you want to break, break free of the, the, the boring prayer life, it's all about your approach. In the New Testament, the Greek word most used for prayer, this is a cool word, prosuchema, Can you say it with me? Prosuchima. Pros meaning toward. isuchima meaning um, uh, the face. Toward the face. All right, so this means, prayer means coming to God face to face. How beautiful is that? That word prayer that Jesus used, this is how you should pray, that's the word prosuchima. Toward the face of God. It reminds me of like when I'm in my living room Maybe in the morning, after I spend time with God, I'm, I'm sitting there relaxing on the couch or something like that. Ella will come in. She'll come from downstairs. She's just, it takes her a while to wake up. She's got her pink blankie and her thumb in her mouth, and she's just walking very slowly toward me with a grin on her face. And she comes and sits up on my lap. And I just love it. I feel so loved when she just comes. She doesn't, she doesn't even have to say a word And many times in the morning she doesn't because she she can't wake up yet. (laughs) But it's that picture of crawling up into the Father's lap. You know what? Just going into the presence of God is prayer. Just entering the presence of God is prayer. It's like sitting on the Father's lap. He knows that you love Him. He is glad that you're there. There's never a time where I'm like, oh, I can't believe my daughter came to sit on my lap. I embrace her every time. I love her so much more than she'll ever know. And that is the Father-God relationship for us as well. Galatians 4, 6-7 says, Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father so that you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. And you're a son, you're a daughter of Christ, of God. So the big question, why should the Lord's Prayer be so important to your life? Why should the Lord's Prayer be so important to your life? Because it sets the tone for the rest of your life. When you pray well, you love well when you inhale the presence of God, you exhale the will of God. It's incredible what happens when you put this into practice. So what should you do with this prayer when you get home? First of all, I want you to memorize it. It won't take you long. You say, I can't memorize. I was bad in school. Don't worry. You can memorize. Believe me. God will give you the ability to memorize. Memorize this prayer. You can go KJV style. You can go NLT style. You can go NIV style. You can go the message style. Whatever style. But memorize the Lord's Prayer, all right? And then the second thing is this. Allow it to guide your conversations with God. God's not in vain Repetitions, okay? It's okay to repeat this prayer. Totally fine. Um, but it's another thing to allow it to guide your prayer life as well. Think of it as that casserole. There's a lot of stuff in there that's beautiful. A lot of variety. Allow it to guide your prayer life. Our Father who art in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Lord, how can I bring glory to your name today? How can I bring, how, what can I do today to make your name holy? What can, what can I do, what, what can I do on my part, all right? Or what if it's giving me my our, our daily bread? Lord, you know that I, this is my need today. I, I'm in desperate need of, of this right here, all right? Bringing that before God. Um, um, just, just whatever it may be, deliver us from the evil one. Protect me, Father, from the evil one. All right, allow it, to, allow it to, um, to guide your prayer life. Memorize it, allow it to guide your prayer life, all right? Now, to close this message, I want to play a recording of a boy named Logan um, who called into a radio station to tell his story. I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but um, as he talks, this, this actually happened, all right? called into a radio station, just a, a young boy. As he talks, listen to how simple and intimate his relationship is with God. This is incredible, just listen to this.
1: She have really the greatest milk. She didn't have like the butter change and stuff. Okay. If you as a loved one or a pet. Always remember that God, he changed us too, and he
0: I think that the way that Logan talked, his relationship with God reveals such an important aspect of our walk with Christ, and that is childlike faith. Remember his words that he said, God understands. Run to him. Remember, it is always, it's, it's less about words. It's more about our love relationship with God our Father. I ask our worship band to come up at this time. And as they play this song, I want to invite you to our makeshift altar here. On my left, your right over here. I'm going to ask that if anyone does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ and knows that they're out of fellowship with him and need him, this is your day. Salvation is here. You can come to this altar right here. I'll pray with you or our prayer force team will pray for you and we'll help you to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Over here on my right, on your left, if you just want to come and pray alone, if you just want to be by yourself with the Father and you say, you know what, God, I have just, I admit, my, my, my prayer life is boring. I've made it boring. I haven't made I have made it about you. I've made it about a duty. I haven't made it about a relationship. I've made it about um, squeezing it in just to make sure that I become a good Christian. And that's not what you want, Father. I want to be restored back to you, and this is the first step to doing it. If that's you today, come during this song as well. Over here, you just be by yourself. No one will bother you. You just go to the Father. That's what it's about. That's what it's always been about. It's about a relationship. It's not about duty. All right? And he loves you. And his arms are open. Even if you don't even say a word, just come to his presence.